Hello, you're listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of July 15, 2023. Our local stories this week feature Methodist churches, the YMCA indoor pool, and Brighton Fireboard. You can catch all of that and more after the big picture. The Iowa legislature convened for a rare special session this week where lawmakers passed a fetal heartbeat bill which effectively bans abortions after about the sixth week of pregnancy. The bill was signed by Governor Kim Reynolds Friday afternoon. A lawsuit from the Iowa ACLU, Emma Goldman Clinic, and Planned Parenthood has already asked a judge to issue a temporary injunction against the law. That decision is not expected until Monday at the earliest. All but four Republicans in the General Assembly voted yes on the bill, joined by zero Democrats. State Senator Don Driscoll said it would protect the unborn. I've always been a pro-life advocate. um, I think the bill, you know, we took the 2018 bill, so uh, happy to vote for it. We had the exceptions in there and, um, you know, always willing to fight for the fight for the babies, fight for the life of the unborn. The law mirrors one passed in 2018, which was struck down by the state Supreme Court in 2019. State Supreme Court Justice Thomas Waterman said in June that the 2018 law was hypothetical at best given abortion precedent at that time. State Representative Heather Hora said Tuesday's passage of a nearly identical bill after Roe v. Wade's reversal proved Waterman wrong. For them to step in and say that maybe they didn't mean to do it or they didn't know what they were doing or... I just think the judicial branch was overstepping in that. I think repassing the same the same language just kind of sent a message that it wasn't by mistake, it was by design. Critics of the bill said the six-week timeline came before many women knew they were pregnant and would force prospective mothers to rush their decisions on abortion. Here's Washington County Democrats Chair Sandra Johnson. As a female who's been pregnant four times, never once, Did I have knowledge of that pregnancy at six weeks? I don't think the Iowa legislature should be the one standing between you and your doctor and your family planning and your personal health. That's the big picture. We'll be back with the local news right after this. This week's show is brought to you by Cafe Dodici. Stop by and enjoy a stylish dining room decorated with art from around the world, or have a meal on the European-style patio. Dodici serves lunch and dinner Wednesday through Saturday, or you can come in for Sunday brunch. Dodici's offers new specials every week. The value meal features a three-part lunch special for just $12.12, and the blue plate is a three-course dinner special for just $21.12. You can double up your savings on Thursday nights with half-off bottles of wine. Treat your senses to a gourmet meal, complete with craft cocktails, fine wines, and richly decorated ambiance, all with a view of Washington's beautiful downtown. You don't need a plane ticket to savor Italian food and award-winning cuisine. A handful of local churches that were previously United Methodists started July under new denominations. Congregations were given an option to disaffiliate from the UMC in 2019 amid widespread disagreements over gender and sexuality. But in Westchester, where the 108-year-old former UMC is now the Westchester Community Church, Administrative Council Chair Nick Duval said the unanimous disaffiliation vote was unrelated to LGBTQ matters. We were just after having more local 
uh, local control over what we can do as a church and where our where our mission money goes to. But through COVID, we had, you know, they told us we couldn't come to church, and that was really controversial to some people. Um, I think that may may have really pushed us in this direction to where we have that say, not somebody in an office somewhere saying, yes, you can come to church. No, you can't. In Ollie, the former Prairie View United Methodist Church has also dropped the denomination from its name. Pastor Stephen Lamb said his congregation had voted to join the Global Methodist Church instead due to other disagreements. Some of the leadership of the uh, Iowa Annual Conference are stating that uh, they are teaching universalism. We've got uh, pastors in Iowa that are teaching the Big Bang Theory and stating that the first two chapters of the book of Genesis were written for pre-Iron Age people and are no longer necessary or relevant. You know, it's, it's things like that. So, so standing on scripture, stating that Jesus Christ really didn't come to die for your sins, those are important things to the Christian faith. And if you can't teach that, then what are you teaching? In its vision statement, the Iowa United Methodist chapter says that allowing gay marriages and clergy members would, quote, provide a home for everyone, whether they consider themselves liberal, evangelical, progressive, traditionalist, middle-of-the-road, conservative, centrist, or something else. Lamb said his congregation disagreed with that notion, but said the dispute was symptomatic of the true reason for disaffiliation rather than itself a cause. It's what I call a symptom instead of the problem. So the symptom in this in instance is the LGBTQIA plus issue. And this, the problem is that we've left the uh, authority of scripture. Although the LGBTQIA plus is conversation, it's not really truly the reason the congregations are leaving. The Washington YMCA broke ground on its indoor pool project Tuesday morning. The new facility is expected to open in fall of 2024. Washington County Y CEO Amy Schulte said it was a big day, preceded by a decade of planning, replanning, and fundraising. The millions of dollars that have come from the individuals in this community, that's just a, that's a huge thing to have that kind of support. Um, so, yeah, it's very emotional. It feels like, um, the, the, like you said, the, the key piece that we've all been waiting for. So, yeah, it feels like the last piece finally falling into place, um, and we can really be a whole Y. Project fundraising chair Ed Weeks voiced a similar sentiment. Uh, the pool was a prolific money pit. Uh, <laughs> the same with the main facility. Uh, but the decision was made in 2013 to build a new facility. And the estimate back then was only $11 million for, for both buildings. Uh, but there were naysayers. People said, hey, you, you, you're not going to do this. How the hell are you going to raise all this money? That's a lot of money. We don't, we, you're not going to be able to do it. Well, myself and a few other people on the campaign team, uh, we didn't take that attitude. In its first formal policy recommendation, the Brighton Fire Advisory Board voted 5-1 to one Tuesday night to pursue a riverboat grant seeking roughly $175,000 in matching funds for an additional climate-controlled building. The motion goes to the city council next week, but decision-makers there may be more skeptical. Council Fire Board Representative Kathy Rich was the lone no vote. 
She said other board members were too eager to rush the application amid strapped tax dollars and a minimal budgetary assessment for the project. Why are we rushing through to pull something together in just weeks? Why not? I mean, even the figures right there that you're looking at even aren't accurate. We need to have accurate numbers that we're dealing with. We need to have good recommendations and start building the trust. I mean, otherwise, it's just like you're telling them to do something. The board doesn't, the council doesn't have all the information. Fire Chief Bill Farmer, who chairs the advisory board, disagreed. He said there was no downside to taking a shot. I'm not going to waste fire department money. We need a building, but I'm not going to, if we don't get a grant, I've said that all along, if we don't get a grant, we won't build a building. That's the local news. We'll be back with the best news I've heard all week right after this. Todd Hahn Construction is an award-winning custom home builder with a 28-year history in the greater Iowa City area. Hahn's goal is to build you the finest quality custom home while providing you with a positive experience along the way. It's one of the many reasons they've been named the Iowa City Area Home Builder of the Year time and time again. A custom home is more than just a house. It's the culmination of a dream and years of hard work. Todd Hahn Construction makes that dream come true by always putting you, the customer, first. For more information, go to ToddHahnConstruction.com. That's T-O-D-D-H-A-H-N Construction.com. And now, the best news I've heard all week. It's just a few days until the Washington County Fair, and Fair Board President Kurt Dahlmeier says it's all thanks to an army of volunteers who helped prepare the grounds. The list of new amenities this year includes a re-roofed sheep barn, a new hog washing rack, and refurbished bleachers, among plenty of other things. Luckily, our community realizes that the county fair is a really special, I mean, it's very special, um, not only just in our little corner of the state, but our fair is known statewide. The fair board would love to thank all the volunteers that helped make the Washington County Fair one of the best fairs in the state. Thanks for tuning in. This show is a product of the Southeast Iowa Union. You can buy an ad read at 319-653-2191. You can buy a paper at just about any store in the county. Just a quick programming note, there will be no show next week since we'll be awfully busy with the Washington County Fair. That means the next episode will run Saturday, July 29. This has been the Washington Weekly Review. I have been Kalen McCain. See you at the Washington County Fair.